Yeah, that's right, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward. And uh, yeah, today's another special show that we have for you. We got a, another special guest. Um, Extra emphasis on special. Yeah, man. Uh, he's the man of. Man, the, the man of the decade, I want to say No, now you're being kind <laughs> There's kindness in there Listen, if you know who I'm talking about You know exactly why I say that um, You know, uh, for a lot of folks uh, who listen to the show um, Who are not based in Phoenix, Arizona It's very important that um, I paint a picture Of today's guest on the show um, He goes by the name of Thad Shea So first off, welcome for being on the show Thank you for having me Thank you You and Q I appreciate you Thank yeah, you very yeah. much um, And I want to tell a personal story Just to give you an idea Of who he is And then I'll let you know Why it's important That we had him up On today's uh, episode So For those that know um, I used to do a show Called Friday Night Flavors Later Changed the name To Ready Set Radio Later changed the name To Rhyme and Reason Later changed the name To Radio Solstice you might know the story um, And somewhere along the line I met an artist named Uncut we used to call <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't know this was based, coming Based on his, <laughs> based on his um, uh, Twitter handle This was back before Instagram was out It was just Twitter yeah. at the time yeah. And He had a song That I loved Love, I'll, I'll, I'll sing the praise of this song As long really? as I'm able to Yeah, that, I didn't know that, I didn't This know time this. I won it all Record you Oh know, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. It's a record. John Legend sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, a, a prolific voice, um, an extremely talented artist, and you know, I, being in that position, you're not really in a position to play favorites. But since I don't do that anymore, I just let everybody know I was definitely playing favorites because that song was my favorite. <laughs> I, you know, I was very much looking forward to all of your new releases and all that sort of stuff. Um, I did we, not know that, man. Yeah, man, no. absolutely. I'm yeah. so glad I got to tell you. Wendy's number three on me. <laughs> I appreciate you. Hey, man, it's, it's all worth it. Um, but, uh, you know, things change, you know, as they do. And, uh, you know, we, we're all looking for, you know, progression, evolution, the next step in our careers. And, um, you know, Thad Shade went from Uncutta, or Uncut rather, to uh, Thaddeus Shade. Um, this was when uh, by, by now um, Instagram had come out You know all these sorts of things And he had Because of his Ability to network To to um, inspire people To get people to like him You know just a very likable person A, a large huge personality uh, Extremely funny Just the, the sort of person Everybody wants to be around and, you know, be close to party facts with on facts, yeah, on yeah, facts. that that energy all the way through and through. Um, he ended up finding himself around a lot of promoters, promoters rather, and doing a lot of promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to see this evolution. I watched it, you know, a lot of it from afar, but you know, of course, I monitored it over the years. And um, his humor, he was one of the few people um, early on who was able to translate his personality and his humor. Through his social media mm. As a result of that He was able to build A huge Organic mm-hmm. uh, Following On social media Across various platforms Which further uh, 
established him as, in my opinion, based on what I know, I would say the premier promoter in Arizona in terms of your in terms at least in terms of your capacity to get the word out to many thousands of people. And I don't think that that's really something that anybody could really argue because I'm talking about numbers. Yeah. With that said, um, today's episode, we're going to talk about the discrimination that a lot of times black folks um, find in nightlife and entertainment um, in various cities, not just in Phoenix. You know, um, all of us have, have, you know, moved around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I happen to, to know that, you know, Q has spent uh, a lot of time and, and a significant part of his DJ career in Arizona, in Phoenix, and on the West Coast DJing. And of course, Dad Shade, uh, you know, as in my opinion, or at least based on the numbers, the premier, the, the largest uh, uh, promoter in Arizona. You know, it, it felt like having these two voices at this table to have this conversation was appropriate. So once again, nice. welcome to both of you nice. back to the show. Um, yes. You know, Q obviously. Uh, you know, I, I I got I got plans for Q, but but um, <laughs> today we're gonna make it about you, Mr. Shade. Well, thank you. So um, you know, I told a little bit of the story. Is there anything that I missed in terms of you know <sighs> getting into the game, uh, the promotion game, and and you know, getting really established in in Old Town Scottsdale, which has a history of really not letting black folks, yeah, you know, take take root out there. Well, first of all, man, uh, thank you for the kind words again. Um, I don't do a lot of shows, you know what I'm saying? I've gotten asked, and um, I don't for one reason or another. I uh, you know dip and dodge or whatever the case may be, but I did really want to come uh, because listen. I was uh, I was sleepy, man. I was sleepy. <laughs> Let me just say that I was I was sleepy. I was talking to Davion on the phone, and I was like, "Man, Rams is my guy." But I'm I'm looking through my uh book. You know what I'm saying? Here, oh, can I say that? My bad. We can fix that. Oh, we can, my bad. Oh, you did. T- I'm looking through my lies. I'm like my black lies. How about that? Oh, man. Black lies matter. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> black lies matter. And uh, but now I was like, man, Rams is. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get it together to go. So um, I don't get a chance to hear people actually kind of. Uh, this is gonna sound bad. I guess kind of like acknowledge. Uh, you know, I consider myself a billboard. You know what I'm saying? So uh, fresh may be doing something. You may be doing something. If you send it to me, I feel like I'm a billboard. Like people will get a chance to really see it. Um, as far as like, what was your question again, man? Um, well, I first remember. Off, first I remember. Don't worry okay. about it. I'm just messing with you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what was it? Well, then? okay. First off, I want to make sure that that I acknowledge um, a couple of names that you mentioned. One was Davion. Mm-hmm. Shout to another Davion. one mm-hmm. of the, uh, the 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 bigger promoters yeah, in yep. this town. And then Freshmaker, although I don't consider him a promoter, yeah. he's certainly a champion of uh, the black agenda. Definitely. Um, yeah. And he Period. is among the bigger promoters he in my opinion he's more of a dj and a host um yeah. and so a very important part of the nightlife scene and there's some other folks too there's a vip enterprises with Corey. Mm-hmm. there's you know um uh uh black i know is one of them yep. um yep. Yep. Uh, mike cooper trees Coop, yeah Coop, uh, yep. mike laurie a lot of folks and if i'm forgetting your name it's just because you know i'm on the spot but it's important to establish that that there are a lot of black folks who 
at least in the city where I'm from and a lot of the cities where I do this sort of work, um, really have a tremendous amount of business sense mm-hmm. um you know the, the promotion game is you know it's it's just kind of a tough game and it's a shady game but it is there definitely. are uh people who are able to make a go of it in terms of entertaining yeah the thing is is that it wasn't always this case in old town scottsdale where there were black voices at the table and i know that that was an uphill battle so originally what i was asking is um in terms of your getting established do you recall you know, did, did I leave anything out of the story, you know, um, in terms of you getting sort of your legs under you? Oh, OK. As far as like starting to promote and stuff sure, like sure, that. Exactly. Um, one thing I learned early was to be a chameleon of faces. Like I prefer like to be in the crib. I, I read comic books, you know, looking at Bruce Lee videos and, you know. And watching old 90s sitcoms That's why I prefer to be That's why I've always wanted to be Right Just be chilling You know Making some dollars Chilling And enjoying those things But um, Early on I really learned That man You gotta really have A lot of different uh, Faces Just you know Being able to adapt On on spot To who you're dealing with uh, Up front And in front of you Um, Kind of uh, (laughs) um, Picking that up from you know, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, so picking it up uh, streetwise was um, something I always uh, something that something just I just kind of gravitated gravitated to. Uh, my brother was was a hustler, and that linked down to me. So everything I did was uh, just learning how to sell you whatever you needed, right? So then I fast forward all that. So I going through all the old man stuff. I will fast forward all that to um, music. So. When I was doing music, um, being able to take that sharpie and then take a you know a you know blank disc, handwrite my name on there. Yeah, I got I got handwriting. I got doctor's handwriting. So my trash. Being able to write my name on there and then go down to <clears throat> the the local gas station, the gas station down there where ain't number ain't number brothers. I can't because you told me you almost <laughs> ain't number brothers. You got box Chevys and Monies and everybody a D boy. They got you know this is real real street. Real street stuff right Being able Yeah I'm sorry <laughs> It's gonna make it easier Yeah yeah street stuff So it, being able To sell somebody Some scribble Was something I was Heavily impressed with about, With myself You understand what I'm saying Like I got music on there But I ain't got no Decorations on here I ain't got no pictures I ain't got no artwork on here I Ain't no farm animals Nothing on here I'm just gonna Write my name on here Farm animals Decide decide my name of this album And I'm going to scribble it on here And I'm going to walk up to You know what I'm saying The, the thuggies of thuggies And I'm like brother You know what I'm saying What's up man This is what I'm doing da, da, da. You can put it in Check it out if you need be And I was selling So when I realized I was able to do that That really ran And then I got out here I got out here When I was like 21 Or like 22 And um, Here I, was it Oh It was two two. Oh, bro, I'm old, bro. That's okay. I want to take the people back with you. Two thousand four, maybe. Approximately. Okay. Five. Oh, you know what? Like two thousand four, five. I'll take that. I'll take that. And um, I just uh brought that with me. So when I got out here, now listen, I had never, you know, me and planes, and I'm I'm Kansas City. Everything I did was. It was it was it was in the slums. It was in the hood. I moved around. I did things that would you know, product of environment type stuff. So when I got out here, I was like, oh, oh, this is 
This is nice. You know what I'm saying? The weather is nice. The palm trees. Sir. The women is nice. And, you know, the women's is nice. And the pa- the roads is paved. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, ain't, it ain't potholes. And so, um, I really enjoyed the first time I came out here. But I didn't stay. I would go back and I'd go forth because I was just having a hard time leaving your fam. Your fam you know what I'm saying? When I got out here, I think I got, I made that decision. I know this is long-winded. Stick with me, folks. Um, I got out here and it was, uh, like 75 and it was around Christmas time and I was sold because I don't know if y'all you Q you know I'm from Detroit Michigan. yes if you I know my story y'all would think I was copying <laughs> y'all would think I was just like I read his script and just reset it it's almost identical yeah man except it wasn't Christmas it was February but it was 75 degrees and everything he just said <laughs> what I said all that nice every category of nice he just said me too yeah 1000 percent, man I, it, not having to shovel snow and you know and ice storms and tr- branches breaking and all types of stuff man i just i just was sold man and plus i was doing some wild back home my mom's is out here my uncle's out here right and sorry oh man you know, I, I got you man i'm a i'm a i'm a don't Okay, cool. And anyway, man. So uh, when I got out here, it was uh, the first club I ever. I'm sorry about that. First club I ever went to was a uh, club next, yeah. right? And I had to do that through new times at the time. I was opening up new times, like see what hip hop clubs I had, because I didn't know how to, you know, figure out, you know, to to reach anybody. I knew that I knew how to sell some stuff, and, and I could hustle my way in there. But I was, man, I was like three thirty at the time, and I was wearing like five XTs and like. 50 waist jeans I was bad You know Clothes was baggy So I was baggy And I I didn't know That you know I was coming to Scottsdale And It was It was real white And you know That wasn't the thing Brother you How are you No What do you No You know what I'm saying We yeah. can't have you Come in here like that You know what I'm saying Look I got like $50 on me. I can't have you take that from me That's really what You know what I'm saying The energy that I felt Right so um, I just I managed to get past folks by talking you know what i'm saying um and being able to once again adapt to how they were talking to me you know what i'm saying i had to bring their guard down that's the one thing black folks is believe it or not we're really good at de-arming people you know what i'm saying like like just bringing yeah whenever you need to like you 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 when, when you're in front of somebody who's not black and you can tell that they're uncomfortable we have a way of come on it's all right all right, you know what I'm saying. I almost like being hugged by Beyonce on a on a sunny Sunday afternoon. She, you know what I'm saying, just got done giving you a glass of lemonade. She gave you a big hug. You know what I'm saying. We able to make you feel good. You know what I'm saying. And so, once I did that, man, I got in with the manager there and uh, the GM there. Uh, he would let me come in there, and man, I would I sell CDs in there inside the club in, in Old Town. I would. I got a chance to talk to people, meet people. That's how I linked up with uh, Swiss Beats. Uh, I mean, everything that has happened to me out here was, you know, was from that moment and and being in Old Town to watch. Now, for doing music, shifting that into promotion, those go hand in hand, believe it or not. Because if you're an independent artist, you got to be a better marketer than the labels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to know how to market yourself better than the labels. You got to be able to talk better than what a label manager can talk. You got to be able to spit the game, right? I think I think that that's um, very important, especially when you consider the climate of 2005 
Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'll even fast forward a bit. I'm sorry about that. Around, by the way, I was a little winded right there. Oh no, 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 oh, you're, okay, good, you're good, you're good, you're good. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um. So how about this? When there was a time uh, a little more than ten years ago, we'll call it '08 mm-hmm. through maybe 2012 ish, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just Scottsdale, Arizona. It wasn't just Phoenix. It was Vegas. Um, I, I I would DJ in Vegas. It was L.A. A lot of the clubs in L.A. Um, you know, uh, and and there was a, a lot of cities that really caught on to this wave of EDM music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say this real quick, just because a lot of folks might know it. EDM music. Um, comes from house music. Yep. House music comes from black people in yep. Chicago. If you do your research, you understand that. So that's still black music. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna, you'd be hard pressed in this country and most of the countries on, on earth, most of the songs. I think the, Detroit got a little from. bit in there too, right? Yeah. Detroit yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, but in, in the development, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, so y'all know what I'm saying. In any event, uh, I recall at that time in in at least Scottsdale and Vegas because I spent I had a residency at Planet Hollywood um, in 2010, so I was there uh, on the Strip every um, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That hip hop music, if you played hip hop music, people were worried that it would bring the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. and you have these cryptic uh, oh, words man. and phrases. The wrong crowd. Um, and then here in Phoenix, um, you know, there's. Uh, a group at the time it was called EEG Evening Entertainment Group it's mm-hmm. owned by a couple named Les and Diane who are known racists um and so you're, just gonna, yeah, you're gonna put me okay alright go ahead now keep going you're right because well uh, I, I'm, not, I'm just telling you what I know to be true of my experience no 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 no. Um, me and you are on the same page you, okay I gotta go back to work in Scottsdale so go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that problem. <laughs> so, so let me tell it. Okay. Um, but uh, these people would, uh, you know, and they've had many nightclubs over the years. And this, I'm, I'm picking on them, but this this sentiment is prevalent, not just in Old Town, but I experienced in even more global cities. Like I said, Vegas was really where I spent a lot of that EDM, um, where EDM was sort of peaking uh, musically in this country. All right. And during that time, I recall myself having to wait in line. You know, I'd be invited places mm-hmm. by, you know, whoever is, you know, the GM of the club, you know. But the security is so trained to keep anyone with brown skin at the door. Facts. Um, you know, and to discriminate. They're taught to discriminate. I, I remember hearing the phrase uh, non-swimmers. <laughs> I remember hearing the uh, so, uh, someone. This was, um, uh, I think it was Les himself had gone up to a friend of mine in radio, Jay Filla, and mentioned to him like, "Wow, it's a dark night in here, isn't it?" Uh, referring to the that there was uh, I've heard too that. many black. And I've then heard that. Yep. There's a ratio established at the door. So in a lot of cities around the country, um, there has been established this idea that if you wear tennis shoes. Jordans uh, or Jordan, yeah, yeah, but tennis shoes, tennis you know, shoes. Any, almost, almost very specifically Jordan. Yeah, but, but here's what I'm what I'm going to say. Um, you know, because once upon a time it was like you can't wear a plain T-shirt. 
Mm-hmm. Then it became, well, you have to have a collar. Mm-hmm. And then it became, oh, well, you can't have a chain on. And then and all these sorts of things, which truthfully only applied to folks who had brown skin, who Facts. wore those clothes in such a way that it looked a little bit different from what they were trying to establish in those clubs. That's and true. And they would tell their bouncers to embarrass us while we stood in line to um discriminate and and it, it you know standing in line and i don't think this gets said enough and i and i think it's important to say names i think it's important to say the names of institutions because at present in this country we're going through a time of reconciliation we're going through a time of healing and understanding what it is that it's like to be us and yeah. these subtle uh traumas if you will have have subtle impacts over time and then you it boils it it boils up and then eventually it boils over and then you start to feel like well the world hates me you know and i don't think that that is a healthy thing to do and so while we have this platform it's very important for us to talk about it but i will say this in my own experience I've been made to stand out in front of the clubs now i'm the person who's from the radio prime time i'm on tv and yet these security guards, these bouncers are making me stand out. Mm-hmm. And then someone has to come down. I have to text somebody standing there looking stupid after yep. I already stood in a line. Yep. And then wait my turn for someone to come and rescue me from from my own black. <laughs> yeah. And, crazy. and say, oh, I'm, uh, he's, he's one of the good ones. And, and yeah. you have to understand how humiliating that is. Yeah. And I think it's important that all of us kind of... Um, have these sorts of conversations so that we know that it's not just happening to me. And if you're listening to my voice right now, that you recognize that this is not happening just to you. Or if you're an ally to black folks or brown folks, because I do recognize that our brown brothers and sisters endure these sorts of, of things as well, mm-hmm. um, that you understand how to be a better ally to folks who might endure these sorts of things you know and and then we all and i say this a lot but we all take a step forward as brothers and sisters so in these clubs where you know they're playing black music i don't care how how much you want to whitewash it obviously nowadays in, in you know in the you know 2020 era um, I can't say 2020 because no clubs have been open in 2020, yeah, but you know, yeah. in the past few years, and I would imagine in the coming years, um, hip hop has you know regained its center stage oh, definitely. status definitely. Uh, musically and, and in terms of nightlife. And it's interesting to know that a club will, and, and I want you to speak to this, Q, um, a club will um, hire a black DJ to give some authenticity to their hip hop night on Saturday. Um, and my understanding is where you were DJing was the biggest club in Arizona, or at least the most expensive. And not let black folks in, or at the very least give them a hard time when it came to, to coming in. Does this reflect your experience? So very, very interesting. My perspective similar to that and maybe similar to yours as well is I wasn't introduced to this city or to this space as a DJ when I met both of you guys I was a rep for a very successful French luxury brand that has an alcohol and spirits division Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy and we were introducing to the market for the first time in almost 300 years a new mark of alcohol from that brand group and it was called Hennessy Black. Um, 
one of the most successful reps in the United States, highest sales conversion, um, most new engagement, most cocktails sold per night, however you want to measure it. I was tops in the country. And a lot of the first meetings that I went to, um, and it's even really difficult to say this out loud now, I think all of us are hypothetically revolutionary. If anybody ever, you know, steps to me with some racist stuff or challenges me in that way, I'm going to respond this way. It's mm-hmm. how we all hypothetically think mm-hmm. until the way that we make a living and feed ourselves and our families are adjacent to that hypothetical revolutionary. Mm. So I'm trying to introduce a new cognac to Arizona at large, but Scottsdale specifically. And the word Hennessy in 2008 <laughs> in Scottsdale really, really wasn't the word that you want to step into these meetings with mm. because I got to be put in the position of exceptional Negro, I'll say. Mm. And if you ever seen the movie Django, mm. the way that DiCaprio's character right, speaks about the exceptional Negro, the, the one in however many that's different because he speaks better because he presents himself as more put together because he's friendlier or disarming as my brother said earlier in the interview so i had people tell me to my face q we love you but we don't want your crowd and like i'm shaking saying it now because it's so overtly insulting but in those meetings i didn't get mad and storm out I sat, finished my meeting, finished my pitch and had to figure out how am I going to come back next week and get these people to buy this liquor from me. They didn't even say we don't want the product. We, they tasted it. They thought it was great. But like <laughs> the worst of us are going to show up and destroy their business if they if they put Hennessy yeah. behind the bar. The worst of us, because I'm not I'm not the worst of us. I'm, I'm exceptional. Yeah. They loved me. Mm. But if they bring Hennessy in here, especially Hennessy Black, then the worst black and brown people, the worst, the non-exceptional Negroes are going to show up yeah. and I, destroy our clubs. I want to say this. And we can't have that. You did get that off in uh, in downtown Phoenix, which is has a different culture than oh, yeah, we old thrive. at least, we at, least thrive at that time. At the time. Yeah. Um, but I think that's important um, that you mention that because... As I stated earlier, not only have you, Thad, been able to sort of overcome that climate, but you've also been able to thrive. And my understanding Mm -hmm. is that out of your promotional efforts, um, you've been able to get many successful nights um, with many partners all working together um, from where it from where. From where I sit, it doesn't look like you take a lot in the way of L's no, no, um, no. in terms of your the nights you promote. And then you've been able to parlay that into other efforts. In other words, a successful black-owned business. Yes. And um, I'll share a quick story with those listening. I, I had a chance to recently sit down with um, you and, and, and a lot of your the, the folks you work with, your team. Yeah. And... Based on some miscommunication, some misunderstanding, um, you know, it kind of warranted the meeting. But the one thing that I was able to say, and I'll say it again, is that I'm very, very proud of you, all of you. If, if, if the rest of you are listening to this, 
Um, oh, they will. And, and and then I'm also proud of anyone in any other city as right. well who's who has managed to make a go of this because I do recognize that the discrimination of black folks while using black culture to make money yeah. is something that is prevalent and a, as a black person to know that your culture is good enough your music's good enough the way you dress and the way you talk and you know um everything about you is cool your athletes are cool everything about you is cool but you personally you the individual the human who is endowed mm. with consciousness mm-hmm. you are you i would rather you didn't involve yourself to any significant degree i just want to mm-hmm. take all the good parts of you over here and party and everything that makes you who you are please keep that on that side right that's to me seems like an attack on your character and your integrity and to have to endure that to make a successful go at something across the board or to even have to endure it to just go out and have a good time right you know even if this isn't your your career path or whatever if you're just a a, a, a person who works a job and you know once a month or once every three months or you get to go out and have a good time and you get held up at the door yeah, yeah. Um, discriminated against um you know i i i really I, I have this platform and i and i wanted to make sure that i said that um this is not an experience that is exclusive to you it happens to a lot of folks definitely the world is getting better definitely um and um if you have any residual traumas from that that's okay because i clearly have them myself oh, yeah should never have endured them myself now because you are a business owner a successful um promoter and obviously you've established your own culture your own brand your own name in a city known for its discriminatory practices um what were some of the things that you recall doing early on to reach out to black and brown folks to let them know hey this is a place that's safe for you how did you go about cultivating an environment where folks felt welcome and, Mm. and so forth the reconstruction i work at club international now right there you, we pretty much had to tear it down not physically but mentally owner wise tear, tear them down and then rebuild them back up because much like you said they want the music they want the athletes you know what I'm saying uh, they want the dollar and most of the time when they come knocking on us they're in the red their their club is struggling and they need some 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 help they need like a couple of couple of floaties or something like that. How that works. that's how it works they in, in the red trying to get back to the black yep. how that. crazy is that one thousand percent man and uh it that was the situation and, and so you gotta tear them down man you gotta you gotta tell them like yo you can't you can't want everything else and then not want the people and Jordan's is hip hop. That's the culture. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, believe it or not, hats is the culture. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, the, the jeans, the t-shirts that we rock. That's all. That all belongs. That's our style. You can't deny them access. You, you. This is you. You want to go hip hop? This is what it is. This is the people that enjoy it and they love it. Black, brown. They, they even what? Let me tell you something. Please, please. Hip hop is extremely diverse, bro. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can come into the hip hop spot and enjoy themselves. Everybody. You rarely see folks at the country, black folks, black brown folks at the country bars, or you know what I'm saying. But hip hop, you can come in, you can enjoy yourself, man. Super diverse. Everybody can come in. It. 
you like you like Luda, enjoy yourself. You, you you want some Drake, enjoy yourself. That's really what it is. But it was it's just a it was a wild start because they really didn't want Jordans. Like they didn't they didn't want the hats. They didn't they you know you got to put them in the button up. You know what I'm saying? And not saying that we can't get all dressed up and you know and in in Sunday's best and come shine. But a lot of the culture is man, we like to put stuff together. That's we got to coordinate. We like to put stuff man, but that man, I look. Yeah, that's gonna be fly. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that was that was a real challenge inside the building. And I mean, it was a tug of war. It wasn't like you know overnight. This was inch by inch, inch by inch, inch by inch. They finally gave a little here. We had to give a little bit. Then we had to, we got a little bit here. We got to give a lot more. And then they gave a little bit. And slowly, surely. Now you can come in, you know what I'm saying? You can be yourself. Be yourself. Right. And that's crazy when you think about it because it's a hip hop club. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, I mean, starting the international, we was dealing with police. The police didn't want us there. They didn't want us there at all. It was pure harassment. And you can go with fire marshals constantly coming in. I mean, you name it. If it wasn't honestly, if it wasn't for us being in the corner where we're at, we're like we're in the heart of Old Town. Like um, we're in the heart of Old Town, but if we on our little. We we got our space down there. You know what I'm saying? But if we was, if we was inside, you know what I'm talking about. Where yeah. you got mine, you got high five, and all them spots I like know that. Exactly what you're talking about. That wouldn't exist. We wouldn't exist there. They can't have that. You know what I'm saying? They can't have that. They're, they're, this is the, this is the thing that I think they fear most, which is wild. Our club, we don't have fights like that. We don't have shootings. You know what I'm saying? This is this is wild. A lot of these other bars, these country bars, and I, I would say predominantly white bars, these hop, have way more fights than us. Yeah, I was gonna say way, that. way, way, way more fights. And there's this big fear is that they can't. Ha- so when I when I'm in this, when I'm in this, and we're talking about it, you learn that um, white security really feels like they can't handle us. You know what I'm saying? And and, there, and there's there's some truth in that. We don't f- around. You know what I'm saying? You put a little Hennessy in the oh. My lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed, please. Um, you put a little Hennessy in us. We're not gonna be easy. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you a, a couple of a couple of white folks, they might get some beers in them, and you, you can just push them on out. You know what I'm saying? But we really not looking to do that. There's too many women in the spot. You know what I'm saying? And I've for years after years after years after years, just a stereotype by international, just a stereotype by any black club, is that there's just all these fights and this is this constant shooting, these constant this this just this this uh, aggressive environment, and that's really not the case. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that stuff don't happen. I'm not saying we perfect. Ain't no ain't no spot perfect, but that's really not the case. And I could just remember. Like there be moments where you would look up, and there's been times we've had an artist. I, you know, we can. I don't. We could pick any artist. We had a, a grip of artists, right? And all of a sudden, fire marshals is there. They just sitting, chilling. You know, all the other clubs down that way, they pack, busy, line. They just fire marshals just chilling. You know, just chilling. I'm, what y'all doing? Everything good? It looks nice in here. Yeah, we got 40 people in there. It looks good, though. It looks good. Y'all keep y'all 40 people in there. And they just, and then, you know, bend, 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 and then they finally just leave and we can get back to business, man. But that's a constant thing that we've really, really have had to deal with. And it's wild to think that we, uh, just by being us, 
We cause so much fear And I'm like bro Are we We just trying to party Like everybody else That's really it That's That's all we trying to do Come out and have a good time You know what I'm saying Women trying to see some men Men trying to see some women You know what I'm saying And and that's really That's really what it is man I've, I've seen and experienced So many things man It's not to say Cause it's, it's not to say that You know You know There's we, we got some great sheriffs That work for us You know what I'm saying And they They really do understand They really 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 do understand Let me be very clear I'm, I'm friends with these sheriffs These are These, these are guys that I bet it myself Listen I bet it. I put them in the table. I put the spotlight on them. I said, "What y'all do? Y'all, what's going on?" So, um, these are really legit guys, and they understand. Like, man, you know, especially you'll, you'll see some of the younger sheriffs coming or got sheriffs that haven't worked the, the night, and you can see they're a little edgy. Mm, you know what I'm saying? And but it's funny because um, within you know maybe that first night is a Friday they work by Sunday. Because we're open Sundays by Sunday It's cool Good Saying what's up to people Talking to everybody Because that's not We there to party Have a good time Just, okay. We're not looking for problems man And it's so It's, it's crazy how we're so feared and, and it shouldn't be that way man We just You know Every sheriff needs to experience Swag surf Definitely It would dead Everything Definitely Yeah Because I definitely. think swag surf Could make the bloods And the crips vibe together <laughs> They do though What that does to the room If you're a sheriff And you ain't never <laughs> been in it And you though. see that The unity Yeah That's expressed When that song comes on Yeah I think would dead A lot of that fear For those that don't know The swag surf is a song That is a It's a black song But it's it's, it's a song That everybody it's unity, It's real bro. easy To get with it Yeah and, and, and it provides it's, a, it's a beautiful thing It really is It really is It really nice is. the room Like you've really never does. seen before um, now, uh, I, I wanted to ask you something, please. Um, because obviously this is not the first time there have been p- complaints about the way black folks are treated in as far as like nightlife is concerned. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I do recall recently there was a resolution that was proposed to try to address some of these racist practices um, that these companies either have a a very cavalier attitude toward Mm -hmm. or are willingly undertaking so as to, you know, acquire the, the precise ratio of, you know, white to brown to black in their clubs so that it has the aesthetic that they feel um, fits, you know, their business model. And this resolution, um, well, first off, you, you, you've seen it. I know you've seen it. How do you yes. feel about it? Um, I think that it was very, very well put together. Um, you know, resolution, resolute uh, to resolve the, the intentions of the document are very well articulated and if it was given proper attention would be something really really awesome except (laughs) typically and i'll use a company like nike for instance even if they don't love us even if they actually don't care about us they absolutely respect and appreciate our dollar Mm -hmm. so if the best athletes in the world who Nike represents came to them with the resolution. They would take it very seriously. They care about their business partners. 
people like LeBron James, they care about their business partners. Even if they don't care about LeBron James, the human, they care a whole lot about that 23 and that crown. Mm-hmm. Right? That LJ and that crown, they care a lot about that. So that would be given the proper attention, taken into actual consideration, and some action steps would be put in place so that their partners and their consumers would feel respected, appreciated, and comfortable continuing to give them their money. The problem with the audience that this document was intended for is that they don't care. You mean the club owners would not care about a resolution? Why? They don't. They actually don't want us there. Mm-hmm. I look at the camera and say that. Hold on, let me fix my hat. They actually <laughs> don't want us there. So there's no real reason to take such a document serious. I told you guys those meetings I went to. Eventually, I got Hennessy in all those clubs. Yeah, all of them in surplus. But do you know why the market crashed and their typical consumer stopped spending money? You know who was still doing bottle service when the market crashed? Yeah, I got that swag. (laughs) We were in there. Mm -hmm. So because our people were the only people really spending money, when people whose wealth and well-being was tied to the market, see, ours wasn't. But when people whose security, sense of self, sense of well-being was tied to the market and it crashed, those people got scared. They started liquidating assets, selling golf clubs, etc. We were still going to the club because we just worked all week. We can't wait <laughs> to go out this weekend. That's we actually true. just worked all week so we could go out this weekend. Right. Yeah. So we are, please give me two tables. Y'all, ain't nobody in there? <laughs> give me that whole, give me that four and five. Give me that whole section over there. So then they call like, hey, hey, Q, about that Hennessy, that Hennessy black, right? Can we do a couple cases of that this weekend, see how it goes? And that got us back in the door. But as soon as they were able to float without us, the same practices that always existed, like really, really random, strange, unrealistic dress codes Mm -hmm. came right back into play. Okay, okay, okay. So let me jump in right here. Uh, well, first off, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, you're tuned in to Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward, and that just so happens to be my actual name. Special guest today, Thad Shade, promoter Hello. Uh, extraordinaire. Hello. Uh, nightlife Brand architect Titan. Yeah, Thank you man All the above Producer Oh creator. man Oh man And an uh, absolute Genuinely good person Which means more than All that other stuff That I just said Onlyfans.com Chocolate Warrior <laughs> Backslash Chocolate Warrior Get it on Yeah you go I'm just playing So, uh, so listen up um, You made an excellent point um, And I think that At some point and I'm not just saying this because of who I am. Um, and I guess I'll just say it. I won't say any names, though. But for folks that know me um, personally, you may know that I actually own uh, a couple of nightclubs of myself. Um, I can't promote them for obvious reasons. But um, if you want to you know, do a little research, it's not hard to find out for yourself. In any event, um, I think it's... So, uh, at some point in the future, we do need to have a conversation about supporting black-owned businesses. Now, to be fair, there haven't always been black-owned clubs. And up until, I think, me, 
And I think the worthies uh, who came after me, there was no um, black ownership, but there was the next best thing, which was effectively what you were doing with yeah. Fresh and, and Davion and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then taking those dollars and then investing them in barber shops and hair yeah. salons and, yeah. and so forth. Yeah. I was so proud of you for doing that. Oh, thank you. So man. I will yeah. always be proud of you. That's amazing to me. Appreciate that. Um, I think that at some point we really need to have a conversation if UQ are able to say that we were that excited to go as a people, that excited to go and spend our dollars and cents with people who were openly racist, you know, like out loud with it, um, you know, and, you know, I've I've just never heard the insult non-swimmers. Yeah, it's tough, man. How in the world? And this is this is the people that owned Axis and Radius, you know. I think that's Les and Diane, but they're not the only ones, that's you know. Not, um, not the only ones at all. But uh, in any event, um, it it pains me to know that we were that excited to go back and spend our money to buy bottles from these places that hated us, changed their minds when it was fiscally convenient for them, and then as soon as it what they could get back to their the base that they wanted. All of a sudden, Hennessy Black is too black again. And we are relegated, as you said, to the corner um, where we can throw our little parties and still get harassed by fire, mm-hmm. fire marshals and the and the, the sheriffs that don't know mm-hmm. you and haven't been vetted by you. Um, <laughs> and I think that at some point we all need to have a real conversation about what it is that we want. Do we want to be accepted by them or do that who hate us or do we want to be accepted by us and i think that no matter who you are you have to love yourself first you have to come to terms with who you are in the world um and and determine and decide your own value if you expect anyone else to to um keep that that energy around or have that energy around you um so i think that that bears um saying at least in this conversation um, not to take anything away from anybody who's doing anything, and I certainly, I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time. I, I far be it for me to promote my own interest, but it just is something that needs to be said. It's long overdue. Perhaps this is the first time, at least for me, that something like this has been able to be said out loud. This yeah. is this these sorts of things were happening in the '90s, you know. From from what I recall, I you know I didn't have anyone who went to party in the 80s so i didn't know if the practices were as discriminatory way back then or if the nature of the course i bet i bet it was you see what i'm saying saying? but Mm -hmm. but before i was old enough to go to a nightclub there was discriminatory practices and here we are a solid 30 years into the future and my understanding is that you know with one notable exception old town is still very much what it's meant to be and then all the other old towns quote unquote and all the other cities in this country largely behave the same way that's yeah. from miami up to seattle and all the way well seattle's kind of cool but all the way down to la and <laughs> Vegas, yeah, of course yeah. you know new york has you know it there's there's parts of new york where they they will definitely hold your color or your the language you speak against you so you know um again that's something that that really uh i wanted to make sure that i was able to say now question for both of you uh well first off mm-hmm. mr shade yes sir that shade yes sir you spend any time ever in church ever been to a church in your life yeah man uh okay yes or no all right yeah um i want to ask both of y'all 
what do you think is more segregated? It's just because they go together. You know, Saturday night, you at a club. <laughs> you know where you go Sunday morning? Well, a lot of people go Sunday morning. Sometimes they wear the same clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Church. And, you know, I, I, my father was a minister. His father was a minister. I grew up around church folks. Um, one of the things that I noticed um, when I was, you know, little, all the way growing up, you know, I used to be a Royal Ranger. I went to Valley Cathedral. Um, and which was a predominantly white church. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out why the preacher, although he was a Pentecostal preacher, was a white man. And therefore, what, lots of white folks went there. I was one of the only black folks that went to that church. It was probably over a thousand people. Um, and then, of course, black churches, very segregated. But the same thing is true, I think, artificially so with nightlife. But if both of y'all have been in churches, you know, um, what do you think is more segregated, nightlife or church 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 and it's not even close it's not yeah it's not even close so i i i I feel like but i i I think they do run um i i think that just me being able to say that suggests that the problem is of course a lot larger than you know they're holding us up in the in the lines at the clubs and they're not giving us you know the dignity that we deserve there's uh, there's been i just want to say this man there's been moments man uh I've established myself, you know what I'm saying, doing this, and I've went to some of the other spots, and I've been turned away for not being old enough. Look at my ideas, oh, you're not old enough to get in. And I'm like, man, look, bro. You know, but... Like, uh, but I avoid all that. I don't even deal with them spots. Like that was like my last draw. That was some years ago, and um, it was at Hi Fi. You know what I'm saying? And and dude told me I wasn't old enough to get in. And I look, I've in my time. I've scared some some doormen because at mo- because you can only sometimes you're just not for it. You know what I'm saying? You're not for the bull. So you're not for the you're not for the you're not for the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Say that. I feel so bad, bro. You're not even for it. So you have these moments where you just you just let it out. And I've let it out a couple of times, and then you just kind of learn, man. Don't even, don't even put yourself in that. But I've been turned away for it. Halloween night. Oh, you got on joy. It's Halloween. I've seen people come in here butt naked. It's Halloween. Almost you got literally. on. Literally, I'm for real. For I'm not this barefoot with panties, right? And and guys wearing weird G string crap, whatever. But you got on Jordans. You came, my boy. My boy G Craig was with me. He, he, you can't get in. You got you got on Jordans. It's Halloween, bro. This is like the one night that I feel like I can dress like me and y'all not supposed to be tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, they said, what, what you going out is? Some, somebody dressed that enjoys hip hop? That's what I'm going out in? That's, can I, can I get in? You know what I'm saying? Like, but no, I've been, I've been, it's, 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 it's insane, man. Um, that area and why we like to be in there, but that goes to it. You could talk to it. To, that's a, that's a bigger issue behind that man it's something about you know getting money and then moving to an area like that yeah we've always wanted to be in areas where we not we not really wanted to be we want the the science behind it isn't complicated yeah right the same way that i'm placed in that position of exceptional that's why we want to go party there Mm -hmm. right if if i can get in there yep i'm like the for most of us I heard somebody doing an, uh, an interview with, uh, it was Jay-Z or some very, very astronomically successful rapper. And they were asking them how they're able to still have a fan base when the content of their music has moved into such an 
exceptional space. Hmm. And it's because <laughs> they become our avatar. Right? For three hours on Saturday, I can be Diddy. Yeah. I can get a table. I can get bottles. There's lights. There's sparklers. The music is crazy. There's girls around. I've been working at the post office for three years every day. But at International on Saturday, it's my birthday. I hit that shade in his DMs. He said he's going to look out for me. He's going to give me the buy one, get one on the bottles. He's going to give me an extra bottle because it's my birthday. And he's he my put man. Me on the flyer. He's going to put my picture on the hoodie for that night. The reason why we trying so hard to get there is because they said we can't. Yeah. They keep telling us we can't. Oh, we're going to get in. Mm-hmm. We're going to kick it. We have the audacity that we're going to go where they very, very flagrantly don't want us. Mm-hmm. Right? You talk about downtown. When I, when I had Hennessy, I had downtown cracking. Yep. There shouldn't have been a soul in Scottsdale because downtown embraced me. Amari Stoudemire, Bobby Wade. Everybody at PHX, everybody at Stoudemire's, mm-hmm. they made me feel like family. And not only did they embrace me, they made a lot of money selling my product. I know. I saw the numbers. <laughs> we still, we, we, we fought to get into these spaces that told us they didn't want us. But it's that feeling of, we like, we want to feel special. That feeling of exceptionalism and, and wanting to be in the space where, for lack of better, everybody else can't go. That's true. We like to stunt. If Instagram would have been around back then, oh Ooh, my god, because I had the corporate card, I I didn't even have to have no actual <laughs> money, and I'm coming in. I got 25 girls with me, yeah. and we skipped the line. And then afterwards, I'm gonna sit and talk to specifically y'all two outside in the street for two hours, yep. and just talk about how good of a time we had. That's literally how I became close with these guys, because they treated me like family right when we met. And after a night of spending my company's money at these clubs that a lot didn't want us there, we just sat and we caught up and we talked about life and love and really, really positive things. But that somehow we have to look at that. It's just like with relationships, man. I'm a DJ. I get to see girls fall on their face over guys who treat them like crap. Mm. That doesn't make any sense when you're looking at it like, dog, why is, why is she going so hard after dude who's made it very, very clear she has no value to him? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, bro. These clubs treat us like crap. No, you can't get in. Your shirt and your shoes the same color, man. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> we going to go change clothes. You know how crazy that is? Your shirt and your shoes are the same color, man. I'm sorry. You can't get in. Oh, no problem. I'll take off my hat. I'll change my clothes. Can I get in? I'll buy a table. Can I get like... Yes, we don't have enough time to have the larger conversation yeah, really. that needs to be had. But you know, brothers like y'all specifically, who have taken this industry and take like literally taken it and made it your own, we have to find a way to be able to turn that attention and those dollars that we generate into something for ourselves, because we are by our music, by our culture, and by our presence, creating life changing generational wealth. For people who'd rather not have us in their space. Yeah. Hip hop. That's crazy. Hip hop will never like. <sighs> Hip hop influences so much. On just. It just influences so much. And I know it's got to be frustrating um, to other genres to how we just dominate. Just dominate. We control fashion. You know what I'm saying? Attitude. You know. Uh, TikTok. 
TikTok. You know, <laughs> I mean, we we just, I mean, the the and I and I when I hip hop is 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 for you know it's it's a black thing. But man, I tell you something, man, the, the hip hop community is everybody, and we like we really just we own it. Now, um, it was it was this is my moment. I was outside at the time. It was a PCL. I can't say now. I can't say a name. Ain't that ain't that something? Because you know the name of it. But now I'm acting like I can't say the name, right? And I've been yeah. And building still there. Yeah. Yep. And I and they had a Mari Stoudemire waiting outside. And I mean, he was he was regular like me. And it was in his heyday. This is this is this is Nash. This is Raja Bell. This is this is Amari Stoudemire. This is Dan Tony system. This is heyday. Western Conference Stuck outside With me How you doing bro You good Yeah I'm gonna go get this Two dollar bag of chips bro Cause when I get back You still gonna be outside with me You want something Yeah you good No you good Alright Had him waiting outside man Waiting outside man Same thing Same thing Well I think that If If uh, And just so you know The voice you just heard Is that of Thad Shade Thaddeus Shade Thanks man un- Uncut <laughs> A.K.A. Uncut If you go back some years <laughs> Um, and I, at least for me, I think that if we're going to have some sort of resolution moving forward, it starts with the understanding of the optics of these dynamics here, understanding that some of these places absolutely would rather us not be there. And if they have to bite the bullet because they need our dollars and they're not really fans of you know celebrating our culture with us but rather you know taking parts of the culture that they can make money from and leaving us the people on the curb quite literally um then i think that we really need to take a strong look and reevaluate our position and our priorities as a people um i will say it you know to to anybody listening support black businesses that goes not just for black folks but that also goes for for allies of black folks that understand that even though you might be able to get into these nightclubs your friends you know may not be able to get into those clubs and therefore you should make some very um uh informed decisions in terms of how you spend your money um and with that said um we're probably going to have to wrap it up here so uh for more information uh you be sure to check out civiccipher.com you can go there and submit questions uh suggest topics if you want to donate to the show of course we do the show for you uh, your donations are always appreciated you can donate once again at civiccipher.com all our social media is at civiccipher you can follow q ward i am q ward you can follow thad shade at thaddeus.shade and you can follow me at ramses jaw until next week y'all take care of yourselves peace, peace.